praise Heavenly Father, Lord, even right now, Lord, touch us where we are, Lord, touch us in the middle of our situation, in the middle of our circumstances, Lord, someone who's watching, someone who's present, someone who's listening, Lord, they stand in the need of your touch. They stand in the need of a miracle on this morning. And Lord, we ask that, Lord, that you do that in the words of Luke Paracrema immediately, Lord. Lord, you touch right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. You turn that situation around. You make a difference in their life like only you can. And Lord, when you do it, Lord, do it in a manner so that they understand that it was only you. Lord, let us not try and take part of your glory. Lord, you hide us behind the cross. But Lord, in everything that we do and we say, may you get all the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Amen. Has God been good to anyone out there? Uh, I want you, has God been good? Say, God has been good to me. Amen. I want you to put that in the chat for those of you who are watching virtually. Put that, God has been good to me. I need you to testify. He's been good to me. In fact, find three people and just point at them and tell them, he's been good to me. He's been good to me. He's been good to me. Hallelujah. A praise goes right there. Come on, put those hands together. Hallelujah. He's been good to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's been good to me. Hallelujah. My my very sitting here. I used to have to open my mouth and tell somebody. But my very presence right now is a testimony of how good God has been. Hallelujah. I wish I had a few witnesses out there. My, my being here. Because the devil tried to take me out. He tried and he failed. I wish I had a witness right there to take me out. But my testimony is that I'm still here. I'm still here. Oh, somebody say it with me. I'm still here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still here. The devil didn't want me here, but I'm still here. He tried to take me out, but I'm still testimony changes a little bit when you get in a place where you didn't think you'd make it when you've laid in a hospital bedroom and you wondered if you'd ever be released if you wondered if you'd walk out of there or if they'd have to carry you out in the bed but I'm a testimony today that I know how that my God is keeping me alive and I praise the Lord that even though the devil tried to take me out I thank God that I'm still alive I wish I had a witness out there just say I thank God I thank God I'm still alive come on put those hands together give God some praise hallelujah hallelujah 
Hallelujah, I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still here. And Dorinda Clark Cole said, it said, I'm here by the grace of God. It's only by his grace. It's not an act of what I've done. Hallelujah, it's not who I am. But it's only by God's grace and his mercy that he has extended in my direction. And I came to tell somebody, instead of fighting, instead of arguing with your haters, instead of fighting with the enemy, I got, I got news for you. All you have to do is keep living. <laughs> I, I don't have to argue with those who oppose me. I don't have to fight against those who are trying to hurt me. But what I, my testimony is that I keep on living. That's a testimony against whatever somebody's trying to do. No weapon that's formed against me shall prosper. Hallelujah. Just keep on living. That's the testimony to the devil. That's a testimony to those who are working against you. That God is on my side. Hallelujah. And I praise God today for him being on my side. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. Hallelujah. We're going to the word of the Lord. We're going to John, the 12th chapter. And we'll be looking at verses 9 through 11. Again, that's John 12, verses 9 through 11. I ordinarily say a familiar passage of scripture, but actually, it's, I believe this is a little pericope, a little piece of scripture that we may overlook at times. It relates to a story we're very familiar with, but... God inspired me to share a little bit of this side of the story on this morning. And I wanted to relate it to you because there is power in your testimony. And there's even more power in a living testimony. The reason I say a living testimony is because you're not telling what somebody else lived through. You're telling for yourself. When you're alive, I don't, I don't, have, don't die and then other people tell your testimony. Wow, you're alive. You give people your testimony. Point at somebody and say, you tell your testimony. Amen. I might tell your testimony later when you're not here. I might tell your testimony at your funeral. But it's not as powerful as you being alive and telling somebody of your testimony. Hallelujah. I'm a living testimony of what God can do. John, St. John chapter 12 verse 9 from the English Standard Version reads like this. When the large crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans, get this, to put Lazarus to death as well, because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. Let me read 10 and 11 again. So the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well, because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. Heavenly Father, open our hearts, minds, and ears to be receptive to what you're saying to us in this moment. Allow your word to push us toward your promise, push us along the path of destiny that you have designed for us. Lord, most of all, let us recognize this destiny moment and not leave here the same way that we came. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk to you for a few moments from the thought and inconvenient narrative. 
an inconvenient narrative. Now, what I mean by this saying an inconvenient narrative is that we understand the purpose of Jesus and his ministry. He was letting the world know of, he was pointing to God, but also letting him know that he was the way, that by, through him, they could achieve salvation. He was bearing witness of himself, even as John the Baptist before him had borne witness that Jesus was to come. But during the course of his ministry, Jesus was all about timing. It's not, it's not, it's not a coincidence that many of the miracles, particularly relative to Lazarus, happened at a time where he was getting prepared to be offered, where he was getting prepared to go to the cross because he knew as he performed certain miracles that the, the religious order and sects of, of Jerusalem and Israel would be coming after him for the purpose of him being offered and him being sacrificed. So when he healed, when he brought Lazarus from the dead, and we know that the, the resurrection of Lazarus, Jesus bringing Lazarus back was an intentional act. It was not accidental that Lazarus died. I want you to understand, let, let's, let's understand how Jesus works. How many times did people come to Jesus and say, my daughter is sick, my son is sick, my servant is sick? How many times did he say that to the, to, the, to, 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 the, to the woman of Samaria? How many times did he say it to the, to the centurion? They told him that their child was sick, and Jesus didn't even move. He said, they shall be well. And when they went home, they said from that very hour that Jesus spoke it, they were healed. So how easily, when they brought to Jesus the news of Lazarus being sick, how easily could Jesus have said, Lazarus, thou shalt be made well. He shall be healed from this moment. And Lazarus could have been healed. But Jesus was intentional. It was the goal of Jesus. Jesus understood what was happening. Jesus allowed, let's, let's, let's be clear on here. Jesus allowed Lazarus to get to the point of dying. He understood that because he could have simply sent his word. Said he tarried several days after hearing the news of Lazarus. And when he arrived, Lazarus had not just died, but Lazarus had already been dead four days. Jesus intentionally tarried that amount of time because he knew of the import of what was about to happen when he spoke Lazarus' name and Lazarus came forth. So now Jesus spoke to Lazarus, Lazarus, thou come forth, and Lazarus came forth. And when he did, many people heard of him bringing Lazarus from the dead. And they began to believe in Jesus. Why? Not because Jesus was performing miracles. I want you to understand this. Jesus was performing miracles and had been for a while. But the thing that drew them to Jesus was Lazarus. Because he had brought Lazarus from the dead, people began to say, he brought him from the dead. I see Jesus, that's nice, but I, want to, I came to see Lazarus. You know why? Because Lazarus was a living testimony. Lazarus, he embodied a living testimony of the power of Jesus. Because some people say, well, Jesus, it's good for you to speak of yourself. But we as human beings, you know, we, we like to see. We, we are, they say Missouri is the show me state, but we, we like to see we like this. And in fact, some of you all, somebody will tell you what they saw and you'll still be like, no, I'm, I'm going to need to see it for myself. 
We laugh at Thomas, but a lot of us are just like Thomas. Thomas said when Jesus had come back, he said, when I put my hand and my finger in the holes in his hand, when I touch him for myself, then I will believe many of us are just like Thomas. We need to see things for ourselves. So let's discuss this plot to kill Lazarus. And why did the Jewish religious order feel that Lazarus needed to die again? First of all, Lazarus defied the religious order's narrative. They had a narrative that they had constructed. And that their construction of their narrative is that Jesus was blasphemous. He was a blasphemer to, th- to speak of himself as the son of God. And often Jesus himself, he would be careful in how he phrased that. But they, they, were, they, were, they were trying to put the narrative out there that Jesus was a blasphemer. Jesus was not real and that anything, even if Jesus performed any miracles, that it was done by Satan himself. That he was an operative of Satan, that he can only perform these miracles because he himself had an evil spirit. And to be clear, let me give you some support for that. Now, we understand that there were some seers out there who had an evil spirit and who prophesied by way of the devil. We understand that. We saw that. We we remember that with King Saul, that he, after Jesus, after after Samuel stopped talking to him and after he stopped hearing from God, he went to a seer. And when he went to a seer to wake up Samuel, she woke up Samuel. Samuel talked to him and said, why did you disturb me? And the seer said, you've deceived me because I would not have bothered him. But she worked by, by way of the devil. So they were trying to say that Jesus is an operative of the devil, that he's working through an evil spirit. But it was difficult for them to carry on that narrative after he brought Lazarus back from the dead. It's hard to keep selling that he's he's blasphemous when a man he raised from the dead is walking right beside him. Because I see there are a lot of people testifying. You got to imagine when you have a funeral and you bury somebody. There's a lot of testimonies. Come on now. Because remember back in those days, they had mourners. And, and I can imagine the mourners were part of the group of, testi- the group of witnesses. They said, yeah, I, I, I know he was dead because I was a group of the mourners who mourned his death after he died. I, I imagine that, that, the, that the funeral home, uh, something, something and son said, yeah, we were in charge of the body. Yeah, we, we wrapped him up. We, we, we put the ointment on his body. We wrapped him up. And I can tell you while I was wrapping him up, I can confirm to you that, yes, he was dead. There, there, there were people who were there at the funeral. They were there, yeah, I, 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 I watched him. I, 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 I listened to the eulogy and I was moved by it. I, I, I sat there and I went up and I viewed the body. And I, and I can confirm to you that, yes, Lazarus was dead. Not only that, there were some family members who were still at the house because back then when you had funerals, you had weddings, people didn't just stay a day or two. They stayed like a week and, they, and, and there would be some long periods of mourning. And, and I imagine there was a lot of the family that was there with Mary and Martha after they had, had buried Lazarus. And some of them were there and it's like, yeah, I was there four days later when Jesus came. And, and, and I heard him say, Lazarus, come forth after they rolled the stone away. And there I saw Lazarus come out. And yeah, he still had his grave clothes on. And he had to hop his way out 
of the tomb with while he was wrapped up. I was there when Jesus said, loose him and let him go. And I, in fact, I was one of the people who grabbed some of the garments and, and removed them from Lazarus. I know that Jesus spoke and brought him back from the dead. I, I wish I had somebody who saw where I was going. I wish I had a witness out there who knows that Jesus is real. Somebody who's witnessed and knows for a fact for yourself that I've seen him work, I've seen him operate, I've seen him move in others' lives, I've experienced him moving in my own life, and you can't tell me that. Can't tell me, can't you? Can't tell me you can. You can get a slideshow presentation. You can bring all the books you want to. I don't care how many degrees you have from what college you have it from. I've experienced it for myself and I know for a fact that he is. Somebody say Jesus is real. Somebody say it like you mean. Say Jesus is. It's real. So, so, the, so the Jewish religious order had a problem because there were so many witnesses to the death and the, the burial and, and the resurrection of Lazarus. So they had trouble with this. Sadducees really had trouble with it, Brother Chuck, because they didn't believe in resurrection. They didn't believe people could come back. So they were doubly in trouble. At least the Pharisees believed in resurrection. But the Sadducees said, no, this can't happen because we don't believe in resurrection. This is a problem for us. We're, we're selling this narrative that he's a blasphemer. We're selling this narrative that any little worse that he does must be of the devil himself. But he's brought a man back from the dead. And not only did he bring him back, that man has the nerve and the audacity, the unmitigated goal to be standing right beside Jesus everywhere he goes. So now the Jews that, get, get, get that last scripture there when you look at verse 11. Now the Jews that were on our side are starting to defect to the other side. And they're not defecting just because of Jesus. They're defecting because of Lazarus. I want y'all to get there. Jesus, he, he, he's been powerful. He, he's shown himself mighty. He's shown himself strong. He's shown himself the ability to perform the miraculous. But it's not just Jesus who's bringing them over now. It, it, it's Lazarus who's causing them to come over. Somebody pointed somebody and say, you, be Lazarus. Be Lazarus. Lazarus was a, a, a living testimony of, of what Jesus can do. And, 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 and they were not just coming on the cause of Jesus, but, but they need to be coming on the cause of, of Susie. They need to be coming. I wish y'all were in here with me. They need to be coming on the cause of you and, and your testimony. You need to be Lazarus in that your existence, your living testimony is a reason that people come to Jesus. And that was the problem because... Since Lazarus didn't fit into their narrative, they, and I think this is important because during election season, that they were losing their base of support. They had a base of supporters that were undergirding them. They had a base of supporters that were believing their narrative, who were, who were on board with their platform, but their platform was losing its base. Their platform was losing its supporters because now there was Lazarus standing right beside Jesus. And all Lazarus, Lazarus had a short testimony. Some of y'all got these long testimonies, giving honor to God, who is the head of my life. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm saved, sanctified, and do speak with other tongues as the spirit of the Lord gives. Lazarus says, I was dead. But I, 
But I heard in my grave, I heard Jesus calling my name. And I had to come out of my grave so I can say I was dead, but I'm now alive because Jesus, he, he, he called my name. And the power and the simplicity, but the power of that testimony was converting many non-believers over to Jesus. Somebody say the power of a living testimony. They, 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 they couldn't keep calling him a blasphemer. They couldn't keep calling him a false prophet because of the existence of Lazarus. So they came up with an idea. They already had a plot to kill Jesus. They were already working out the details of that plot. They were, they were already de- deciding that, you know, they were rationalizing in their human brain that, that because we're in Roman occupation and that every now and then we have to make a sacrifice to our occupiers to, to let them know that we're still subservient to them. So a sacrifice that we can make to them is that once and again we can allow one of the Jews to be killed. So one, even some of the philosophers of the day would say may, one must, must need to die for the preservation of many. So we can rationalize in our minds why we can offer to our Roman occupiers Jesus' life so that he can die. And not only will it benefit our relationship with them, but it will benefit us because Jesus is disrupting the narrative and the control that we have over the people. They already had that plot. They already had that plot underway. But then somebody said, we're losing support so fast, we might need to make that to people who need to die. We can't just kill Jesus <laughs> if we don't kill Lazarus I need you to get it we can't just kill Jesus if we don't kill Lazarus because if we kill Jesus and Lazarus is still alive he'll still testify <laughs> he, he, he. Jesus might be dead, but if Lazarus is alive, he, he might open his mouth and still testify. And he'll just say, I, I, I was dead. <laughs> but Jesus called my name and I, I came back to life. We can't let, get this, we can't let that testimony live or it destroys everything that we're working on. It's an inconvenient narrative. He's an inconvenient character in our story. He, he seeks to destroy the very thing that we're trying to build if we let Lazarus live. See, now, the thing about Lazarus is Lazarus met us where we are as human beings. Remember, I tell you, sometimes Jesus meets us. Remember, I, I was telling you that when Jesus was having that conversation with Peter, and he said, Peter, do, do, do you love me? And, 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 and Jesus was saying, and Peter said, yes, Lord, I love you. But, but Jesus was saying, do you agapeo love me? And Peter was saying, Lord, I phileo love you, which was a brotherly love. And, and then Jesus said again, G, G, Peter, do you agapeo love me? Peter said, I phileo love you, Lord. You know I phileo love you. And, and finally Jesus said, well, let me come to where Peter is. See, Jesus meets us. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm glad he meets us because I, I needed him. I, I don't know about you. I, I was hard-headed. I, I needed him to meet me. I, oh, shy. I, I thought I had some things figured out. I thought I knew what I was doing. I thought I knew where I was going. But, but, but somehow the love of Jesus, it, 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 it met me. 
And the reason I, I, I know it met me, the songwriter said it, says when I was far from the blissful shore, I was very deeply stained with it and sinking to rise no more, but the master of the sea, he, he met me. <laughs> He, he came to where I was. That's why I, I want to testify to anybody who's far from God right now. God is everywhere, baby. Wherever you are, God is there. And you don't have to say, I got to get myself together. I got to buy myself a dress. I got to buy myself a suit. I got to stop doing this. I got to stop going there. Baby, wherever you are right now, if you will hit your knees and say, Lord, save me. God will save you on the corner. God will save you in the street. God will save you in the club. God will save you when you're surrounded by drugs. God will save you in the crack house. Wherever you are, if you cry out, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. I need you to need you to meet me right here. I might not make it to the altar. I might not live long enough to get to church. It's the weekend, Lord. The church might not even be open yet. But where I am right now, I need you to meet me. Lord, save me. Lord, save me, I don't need an altar call. Wherever you are in your seat, you can say it right now. Lord, save me. You might not be in church. You might be watching virtually. You might be in your bed. Just throw your arms up and say, Lord, save me. You might be in your kitchen table eating cereal. But wherever you are, throw your hands up and say, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. Lord, save me. I messed up yesterday, but Lord, save me. I messed up this morning, but Lord, save me. Lord, I don't even have everything figured out on how I'm going to live right, but Lord. 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 Lord, save me. Wherever you are right now. You say those three words. I, I don't know all the scriptures. I don't know even the ABCs. But if you just say, Lord, save me. Save me. We confess our sins. God is faithful to forgive our sins. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, I have sin in my heart. But Lord, you can save me from that. Lord, I have bad thinking in my head, but Lord, you can save me from bad thinking. Lord, I might still have drugs in my system right now, but Lord, you can save me. Lord, I, I, I'm, even, I'm in the middle of being drunk right now, but my mind is clear enough to say, Lord, I need you. I need you. I need you. God's not worried about form. God's worried about sincerity. Oh, I wish I had help here. Because the Pharisee prayed a better prayer, but the publican prayed a more sincere prayer. The, publican, the, the Pharisee had all the words in order, but the publican was sincere. Said, Lord, I know I'm not worthy. I know I'm not deserving. But Lord, I need you. I need you. 
right now. Lord, I wish somebody would say it with sincerity. Just throw those arms up right now and say, Lord, save me. 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 I'm in the middle of some things that I, I need to get worked out. But Lord, just save me. I don't always think like I should think, Lord, but Lord, I need you right now. I need you. I wish you said, I need you right now. I need you right now. I need you. Lord, I need you to, need you to, to save me. Cause he, I'm fit. I, I have to finish. God took me there. See, people, the thing about Lazarus, you can stand to your feet, I'm finished. The thing about Lazarus, he, he, he was inconvenient to the narrative of the devil. Because you know what we crave as people? We like evidence. People like evidence. Like I said, we show me people. We, we're evidence. You can say something's good, but until you taste it. Come on now. And some of y'all be like, she said it's cute, but my taste is a little bit different than hers. Come on, yeah, yeah. You know, we some persnickety people. Come on now. I got to see it for myself and see if I think it's cute. We, we, we crave evidence. And in fact, God tells us in his word, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. The problem they had with Lazarus was Lazarus was living evidence. He was living, breathing, walking around evidence. I tell you that Lazarus' testimony was short when he spoke. Lazarus didn't need to speak. Lazarus could have, could have handed you one of his funeral programs. Yeah, that's me. That's my picture. But I'm here. I'm, I, I'm living evidence of the power of Jesus. And, and I, I'm saying that I need you to be Lazarus. God needs you to be Lazarus. God needs you to be living evidence of what he's done. But the difference between us and Lazarus is we need to open our mouths. See, they had to kill Lazarus because seeing him was a testimony. The devil comes after you when you start opening your mouth. I wish I had somebody in here with me. When you start opening your mouth and testifying about how good God has been to you. When you start testifying about how you were in sin and how you got saved. That's when he comes after you. You become inconvenient to the narrative of the devil when you start testifying of what God has done for you. Of how Jesus has changed your life. And the reason many of us are not a threat to the devil is because we won't open our mouths.
The devil doesn't bother you because you're not challenging the narrative. And we got a world out there that has a lot of narratives going on, especially about us as Christians. Seems like everybody outside the church knows what's going on in the church and telling us how we are. And it seems like they lump us all together. They do that so fast. You see that so often. When they, they'll say Christians and they just say all Christians. Now, if they said all black people, they'd be in trouble and they call them racists. But when it comes to Christians, they lump us all together and say we're all like that. They have a narrative constructed for us as Christians and they use it all the time. And the problem is we can't you can't get on Facebook and argue back with them. That, that, that's not how you challenge the narrative. You challenge the narrative by telling somebody your testimony. I had somebody will. You challenge the narrative by telling how good God has been to you. You challenge the narrative by telling them how Jesus has changed your life. And I dare say this, and, 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 I, and, I, and I mean no harm, but I mean with sincerity what I'm saying. You can't call yourself, well, I might have to take this further. You're not a good Christian if you're not telling somebody about Jesus. You're not. You're not, you're not a good, Jesus, good Christian if you're not telling somebody else about Jesus. Because if you don't testify, we are by our silence complicit with the narrative of this world. We're complicit. It's to, to, I want you to think of it this way. If, you're an, if brother, brother Ricky committed, if they got Brother Ricky committed, charged with a crime, they take him to they take him to court. And you were with him at the time that they say he committed the crime. You're an eyewitness. You you have what they call exculpatory evidence to prove that he was not there. But you let them charge him. You let them sentence him. And you let him go to jail because of your silence. Can you imagine the guilt that is laid upon you? How guilty are we when we don't open our mouths for the sake of Christ? When we don't challenge the narrative of this world and tell them how good Jesus has been to us, how he changed our lives, how he, how he led us closer to him, how he embraced us at our times when we were losing our minds. How he took us in and, 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 and we were saved at a time where we thought we had lost all acceptance and we lost our, 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 our marker. We lost our, our navigation. We lost our direction. But Jesus took us in and gave us purpose. He gave us direction. How Jesus healed you when you were sick. How Jesus delivered you from, from addiction. How he delivered you from, from, your, own, from your, your own problems and circumstances. How he ministered to you, to your mind, when nobody else would, was there for you. How he made you belong when you felt like you were ostracized. How Jesus helped you over situations that you didn't think you'd make it over. And then a lot of times we get over and then we forget. We get delivered and then we forget. Like Joseph who ministered to, to the member of the king's court and then for two, two years he forgot about Joseph. 
It's like us. We, 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 we get over the situation and then we forget about what Jesus has done. If we are silent, if we don't share our living testimony, we're complicit with the narrative of this world. And I challenge everybody in here, every single one of you in here, I challenge you. You're going to change the narrative by sharing your testimony. You're going to change the narrative by sharing Jesus with somebody else. God doesn't need you to pick up a sword or a shield. He needs you to open your mouth. He needs you to open your mouth. He needs you to open your mouth and share your testimony. Share Jesus with somebody else. And the hypocrisy of the thing is we share other good things with people, but we don't share Jesus. If one of you go to a place selling barbecue ribs today and it's good, you're going to go tell a bunch of people. You probably even take a picture of it and put it on, on social media and tell you got to come. This is the address. You got to come here. These ribs are... They, 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 just, they just fall off the bone ribs. They just melt in your mouth. You'll do that, but you won't share Jesus with anybody. Question, has he been good to you? Uh, has he been good to you? Has he been good to you? In fact, has he been the best thing that ever happened to you? If he's the best thing, then you ought to share your best thing with somebody else. I'm sharing with the world the best thing that happened to me. Because you want to know how you change the narrative. If you share the best thing, guess what? They're like us. Somebody's going to be like, well, I have to try that for myself. I have to try it for myself. And when they try it, we don't have to worry about it anymore. They don't need your recommendation because when they try Jesus for themselves, somebody said, I tried Jesus. And I know he's all right. I know he's all right because of what he's done for me. Can I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. God, we thank you for being good. God, we thank you for sending your son. God, we thank you for salvation on today. Lord, we thank you that you put a testimony in every single one of us that can challenge the narrative of this world. Allow us to be that inconvenient character like Lazarus that stands to defy what the world is trying to say about you. What the world's trying to say about our God. What the, the world is trying to say about Jesus. Let us stand in contradiction of that narrative and let them know that our being here is a testimony of how good God has been. But Lord, let us not be satisfied with just our, our existence. But Lord, give us the courage to open our mouths, to testify, to tell this dying world that there is a Savior who can redeem their life from destruction, who can preserve them from the traps and the tricks of the devil, who can give them eternal life with you, God. Give us the courage to share our testimony. Give us the courage to challenge the narrative. Be the, give us the courage to be Lazarus 
so that we can be a witness of how good you are. And Lord, we thank you in advance for giving us the courage. We thank you in advance for giving us the platform. We thank you in advance for those who will come to the kingdom because of our testimony. And we give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, put those hands together and give God the praise. If you've been watching us online, we pray that you live with courage. You live in contradiction of the narrative. And let other people know how good God has been to you. God bless you. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity. And we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.